Hello guys, it's Katie and welcome back to the second episode of Crime and Crochet. So I do just want to start out this episode by apologizing because I did miss two weeks of the podcast. And if you guys did follow the Instagram page, I announced it over there that I did not get to pre-record the episodes before I went on my vacation like I thought I was going to be able to. So I did not come out with any new episodes last week or the week before. So again, I apologize for that. I don't plan on making that a regular thing. I plan on doing my best to come out with episodes every Saturday for you guys. But now that we have that out of the way, I am going to talk about today's case, which is a crazy one. And this one is the first family I've ever heard of. There was a family of serial killers and they killed together. So with that, let's get into this episode. The Bender family, or as they are more well known, the Bloody Benders, were a family in the 1800s that killed together. So this case is a super interesting one and I can't wait to get into it. So, to start, the family is a family of four. The matriarch is John Bender Sr., and then there's Elvira Bender, his wife, John Bender Jr., and Kate Bender. So, you probably learned about the Homestead Act at some point in your history classes, and that was the Homestead Act of 1862, but for a long time the European settlers in America were forcing Native Americans to move and be in restricted areas so European settlers could use the land. So in October of 1870, there were five families that moved into a territory that was in Kansas that used to be a territory for Native Americans, but now the European settlers were taking it over. And one of the five families happened to be the Benders. And when they moved there, they moved onto a 160 acre property. And when they first got there, it was only the two men that went. So John Jr. and Sr. went to the property and they prepared it for the women to come. So Elvira and Kate came to the property later on in 1871. The Bender family were German immigrants. So when they moved to Kansas, John Sr. was around 60 and he spoke with a pretty thick accent and spoke very little English. His son, John Jr., was around 25, and he spoke English pretty well, but he did have an accent. And Elvira, the mother, did not speak very much English, and she was 55. And apparently, she was so unfriendly to her neighbors that they named her She-Devil, so... That just gives you a little bit of perspective to how mean she seemed to be. And then 
They call Kate the star of the family. She was an attractive 23-year-old girl who spoke English fluently, and she worked as a self-proclaimed healer and psychic. So she even claimed to cure illnesses and gave lectures on spiritualism, that kind of stuff. So just kind of setting the scene for you guys. The family had their cabin split into two. So the back half of the cabin was their living quarters and the front part of the cabin was a kitchen, had a dining table, and even a sort of general store and travelers would stay there for the night. And I'm assuming that that's probably how they made some of their income, but there's not all that much known about this, of course, because this happened in the 1800s. So the only thing we know about cases like this is records kept. And sometimes that wasn't always the greatest. So not very long after the whole family is in the home in May of 1871, the first victim was found. So a man was found in Drum Creek, which was southeast of the Bender's property, and his skull was crushed and his throat was slashed. And then in February of 1972, so just a couple months later, two more men were found with the same sort of unique injuries. And by the fall of that same year, travelers had stopped by the Blunder Inn, as they called it, and many were murdered or missing in that region. The Bender family had around a dozen victims that are known, so I can't really get into all of them without making this episode super, super long, but... What is believed to have happened and how they killed their victims is they would take them in and even give them the seat of honor for dinner. And then one of the men, so John Sr. or John Jr., would come in and hit the victim with a hammer from behind. And then one of the women would slit the victim's throat to make sure that they were dead. Then the bodies would be dropped through a trap door, stripped and later buried, and or dismembered. So it does not seem like that the family killed for any other reason besides just the thrill of it, because they did not target specific people that were wearing any valuables or had a bunch of money on them or anything like that. So it's pretty much just considered that they killed for the fun of it and they had around a dozen bullet holes found in their cabin which were likely from some victims that fought back or maybe some that even got away so there really are a lot of details about this story that are kind of fuzzy so some people even say that none of them were related And some of them say that their last name wasn't even Bender. Some people say that John Jr. and Kate were actually a couple and not siblings. 
So, like I said earlier, just because records weren't kept very well, and of course these people aren't writing out, oh, I just killed this person, and this is how I did it, and all of that, like, there's no way to actually know all of the details. There's a lot of different stories and rabbit holes you can go down trying to figure out who they actually were and how they knew each other or if they were brother and sister, if those were their parents or if Elvira and John Sr. were even married, like all kinds of stuff like that. But I'm just going to leave the story as they were all four related to parents and two children because that's what was originally believed so when the victims were starting to be discovered the state senator and the kansas governor offered a lot of rewards for the family to be apprehended and detectives even followed wagon tracks to find the family's horses but the horses were abandoned just 12 miles north of their home slash hotel and from there it was really hard for them to find anything else the areas were really rural or they just couldn't track them down um people say that john jr and kate traveled by railroad to an outlaw colony that was near the border of Texas and New Mexico, where law enforcement apparently wouldn't or couldn't go. And there's even a detective that claimed that they had tracked down John Jr. to the border there, but apparently he had passed away. And as far as John Sr. and Elvira, It was reported that they fled towards St. Louis, Missouri, and after the crimes, there were even two women that were accused of being Kate and Elvira. So, honestly, very confusing. Not much to go off of with that. Even a lot of groups claimed that they had caught the family and that they killed them or something along those lines, but there was never any proof to those claims and no cash or any rewards given out for the apprehension of the family. When people began to hear about this story, as the years went on, they had a lot of tourists show up to the home because they wanted like souvenirs you could say in like air quotes and I guess because it was unlike anything they've ever heard there was really no such thing as serial killers let alone serial killer families so it was something really fascinating to everybody and today there are some hammers that are allegedly from the home in one Kansas museum, and then the Kansas Historical Society has a stained knife that is thought to be from the Bunder Inn. And that's honestly all I can tell you guys, because like I said, this is an older case, 
not very well documented. We don't even truly know the people's names, let alone what they looked like, all of that. So this is a shorter case, but unfortunately that's pretty much all I can tell you guys about it. Pretty much all of the information in a summarized version that I could find on this story. Okay, so that was it for the case of the bloody benders. And whether they're actually a family or not, I have no idea. Whether that's their real names or not, I have no idea. But that is what is known, what is thought to be the truth. So, with that, we're now going to move on to the crochet pattern shout-out, of course, because that's what makes this podcast Crime and Crochet. The crochet pattern for this week that I am shouting out is the heart wall hanging crochet pattern by Kayla. So her Etsy shop is crocheting with Kayla and her Instagram is at crochet by underscore Kayla. And as always, if you guys want to see pictures of the case I'm talking about, my sources for the case, and the crochet pattern that I talk about each week, then you can head over to my Instagram at crime and crochet to see all of that. And her crochet pattern is currently on sale for 30% off until Monday, which Monday will be June 14th, and that sale ends at 11.59 p.m. And the pattern is super easy to make, uses color work, and the pattern is written using a graph. So if you do want to check out her crochet pattern or her work in general, make sure you check out her Etsy shop again that is crocheting with Kayla and her Instagram at crochet by underscore Kayla. And again, if all of that is confusing for you, you can just head over to my Instagram, which is at crime and crochet, all one word, and you will see all of Kayla's information there on my post for this episode, episode number two. So thank you all so much for listening to the second episode of Crime and Crochet. I hope you have enjoyed. If you have, the best way to help me out is to leave a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you are listening on and as well as check out the Crime and Crochet Instagram if you have not already. With this episode done, I hope you guys will tune in to the next episode next Saturday of Crime and Crochet. And with that, make sure you guys are being safe out there so you don't become one of the victims that we talk about each week. Goodbye, y'all.